Some people are forever identified with certain quotes. It's true in the Gentile world. The, the, the name, you hear the name Patrick Henry, so everyone's uh, immediate reaction is give me liberty or give me death. And lahavdil, lahavdil, lahavdil. There are certain great towering figures in, in our Masorah also whom we associate with particular quotes. Whether Rav Sadyagon brings to mind that Ein Uma Seinu Uma, Elibitarasa, that, that our, our national uh, identity is formed and forged by Torah. The Chsam Sofer's line in one of his chuvas of Chodesh Osam and HaTorah. Remember my father, Zuchan Levocha, once commenting that he thinks that some people have an image that some self walked around all day saying, He said a few other things also in, his, uh, in the course of his lifetime. But be that as it may, he's, uh, he's very much associated with that quote. In the case of the Sefer Achinuch, The, the, the quote which comes to mind, right, if you mention the Sefer Achinuch, so the most famous line, whether it's, it's hard to know in terms of uh, his intent, what, what, what he would want most to be immortalized for, but certainly the line that comes to mind when we talk about the Sefer Achinuch is, that how our inner core is initially affected and ultimately shaped and molded by our actions. Incidentally, if you, if you look where the Chinuch presents it, it seems like he understood the, the, the famous Maimon, the Gemar of Amar of Yehuda Amarav, La'olam yasag odem b'tore mitzvah sa'afilu shalol l'shma, shemitor shalol l'shma, bol l'shma, that a person should uh, involve himself, should preoccupy himself with, with, uh, with, with studying Torah and, and fulfilling mitzvahs, even if he's not uh, motivated by the purest of, uh, of motives, ultimately it will lead to l'shma. So, generally, I think we understand that that has something to do with the... Uh, with some special skula, some special quality of Torah. It's clear, at least uh, by implication, that the Sefer Chinuch understood this as an application of his uh, behavioral principle of Achrei HaPulos, Nmshachem HaLavavos. And that that's, and then that this is an application of it. So since Achrei HaPulos, Nmshachem HaLavavos, so if the Pulos, if the actions involve Torah, involve mitzvah, so then our hearts will be drawn after that as well, will be shaped, will be molded, and that's how the process of mitoch shalolishma bolishma unfolds. In, in the context of of, of his presentation of this fundamental principle, so he addresses his son as he does often throughout the, the course of the work. And he says to him, Don't let your, your, your Yetzirah feel complacent and uh, invulnerable. 
I believe firmly, completely, an imam in Bermuna Shlem and Akadosh Baruch Hu. Ma hef said yesh ki es aneg lefamim betanuge anoshem lashavis b'shvakim uberachovos. What? What? What possible loss? What's the downside? What's the possible downside if I'll enjoy myself occasionally and I'll, I'll sit around in the marketplace? In the gathering places, and we'll we'll engage in a, a joking, more of a in a cynical, scoffing sense. We'll amuse ourselves and we'll we'll talk glibly. Elsewhere, the David Sachos can sometimes have a positive connotation. Here, it clearly doesn't. Glib talking. Albany says the Sefer Chinuch. He shomem ipneihem penti lokeid berishtam. Don't give in to that yetsahara because this is, will be a perfect example of achre hapulos nemshachas halavavos. That kind of again, that kind of of of, of scoffing and glibness, that type of speech. It's going to affect you inwardly. And you, you have to, you have to save your soul. One, one of the challenges in in the workplace when we leave the the insular confines of a shul of our homes. It's certainly the type of conversation. The conversation, let's say the, the casual conversation at the, at the water cooler or, or whatever the, the equivalent is in, in one's, one's, uh, one's workplace. And one feels a certain implicit pressure Again, uh, one feels that maybe that's part of being collegial, and maybe that's part of uh, integrating in, into one's workplace. And it can seem, it can seem, to be somewhat innocent. The Sefer Achina says, again, that type of, of involvement is something which, which affects us inwardly. How much more so if it's not just the glib type of speech that the Chinuch is talking about, but if it's just the crude speech which passes for commonplace in, in our society, which is clearly, uh, I don't think the Ramban, when he said that in, in Pashas Kedoshim, that Nivel Peh constitutes a violation of Kedoshim to you, I don't think the Ramban in his worst nightmares could imagine the way uh, people uh, speak. In, in, in our society. Besides the just inherent Isurim involved, it takes a toll on us inwardly. But there is there is a I think a more subtle corollary 
and application of, of this principle of, of the Sefer Chinuch, which is very relevant in the workplace. Not only actions, but also context, also subculture, also what's insinuated in the air also seeps in and affects and affects us. In, in virtually, in, unless one works for a non-profit, maybe, maybe it's a little bit there also, but unless one works for a non-profit, the bottom line of everything, whether one is in research or in finance or in law or accounting, the bottom line of everything is making money. That's it. How many billable hours? How much, how much uh, money and how much profit one is generating? That's what the business exists. The business exists to, to make money. And that's the bottom line. So the whole, the whole culture is to make money. Success means to, to have more, more billable hours to, to the client. So that, that represents a greater success. So the whole mindset is one of money. That compounded by the fact that not only in terms of one's professional obligations and the expectations one has to meet and satisfy, but it's also present in a more subtle form as well. Even what's the, the, the lifestyle that's insinuated, the, the, the motivation as, I, I assume he prefers anonymity, as, as a dear friend of mine helped me with in pointing out, that the motivation of earning a bonus and what can be done with that money, the type of house, the type of uh, car, that, 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 that can be purchased, a type of uh, lifestyle that will help subsidize. So all that is very much in the ear in, in the workplace. And the more subtle corollary of the chinuchs, achre ha-pu'ulos, nemshachas halavavos, is when those pu'ulos are contextualized a certain way. And again, an if everything ultimately is the bottom line. Are we in the red? Are we in the black? And by how much? So there's a certain context which very easily translates into thinking and defining everything we do in the workplace as for the sake of money. Money, money, money. And it's something which, again, it's a more subtle corollary and application of what the Chinuch is talking about but because it's more subtle, it's even more insidious. Because it's harder to recognize. And, and, and because the, 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 the influence is more insinuated in terms of the materialism, and less explicit, it's also more deceptive. You know, in, in, in different areas in halacha, for instance, the Gemara in the beginning of Masech Zvachim, the Gemara discusses what's the status when you do something stomach without having a, a very clear, conscious intent. 
So if, 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 if a Kohen, or in theory a non-Kohen, is shechting a korban, so he really should be shechting it lishma. Uh, so what happens if he doesn't really stop to say his sinon imuchan and zuman? Excuse me, he just goes ahead and shechs. Is that stama lishma? Is it not stama lishma? When, when a, a sofer, Achman al-Itzlan, is writing a get, is writing a bill of divorce, that a husband's going to give his wife, so it has to be written Lishma. So what happens? He's writing the names, but he's not necessarily thinking about this particular man, about this, about this particular woman. So do you say Stama Lishma? Do you not say Stama Lishma? So the Gemara distinguishes. And the Gemara says in some cases, by, by Shritas Kachim, so we do say Stama Lishma. In other cases, by Ged Isha, we don't say Stama Lishma. And then from there, we have to try to figure out how to, uh, how to apply it elsewhere. The stoma in the workplace is a stoma, again, which, which is very, very materialistic. And unless one comes and very actively contextualizes what one is doing and why one is doing that, so the stoma will define it as chemdas mamon, as, 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 desiring and just looking to amass money. If we just go out into the workplace, again, just, I'm not going out, I'm not going out to, 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 to get rich. I'm not being motivated by that, at least not initially. But if we don't actively, we'll discuss in a minute how we now do but if we don't actively contextualize what we're doing, so then the workplace and the whole, the whole culture and the whole mindset of the workplace contextualizes that for us. And then what, what from a Torah perspective can potentially be very noble, can be very noble. Yosef Talmatorim Derech Eretz Sheyegiya Shnei HaMashkach HaZavon Godol HaNenim Yegiya Kapov Yosef Mireshem Ayim it's interesting, in both contexts, in both contexts, it speaks about Yigir, not just uh, a token, a token hishtadlus, but, but, but exertion. So it's something which, again, potentially is very noble, but only if we clearly, clearly contextualize it as such. The stoma of the workplace is not a stamma The stamma of the workplace, again, the, the, the definition which is imposed on what we're doing, and therefore then becomes the definition after which nimshachim halavavos, after which our hearts will be drawn, is a very much shalolishma. Nefesh HaChayim says that even in the middle of learning, he says sometimes it's going to be necessary. The person is sitting and, and, and he couldn't be involved in a pursuit which is more intrinsically holy, which is more intrinsically sacred than sitting and learning. And he says, V'chein be'emtza halimud, not only does a person... 
is it necessary that a person should be mischashev ma'at im kono yizbarach shemo betaharas halev Hashem? Not only is it necessary as a preliminary to beginning to learn that a person should should reflect a little bit, commune a little bit with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that, that he should undertake the learning with a sense of purity and with a sense of, of Yer Shamayim. But he says, You have to interrupt at times. A person may feel that it's necessary to interrupt his learning. And if he feels that need, if a person feels that, that the learning is becoming too much of a, just an intellectual challenge and an intellectual enterprise, not, not, not a religious one, and he feels the, the, the sense of yero with which he began learning, he feels that beginning to, to weaken and to fade, so then he should interrupt the learning, he should close the Gemara, with a bookmark, he should close the Gemara for a moment and, and try to recharge his batteries, try to refocus. So if, when we're sitting in a base medrash, learning Bava uh, Basra, learning Dafyomi, even then it can't be taken for granted that, that, that the initial momentum of, I know what I'm doing here, I'm learning the Yubama Shalom's Torah. What could be what could be greater? What could be more sacred than that? Even that involvement needs to be the, the context has to be reinforced and has to be reestablished. Al Achas Kama the Kama, it can't be that when I'm I'm twenty two, twenty four, twenty six, however old I take my first job. I think to myself, you know why I'm taking a job? Because it's a mitzvah to make hishtablos, to, to earn a living. It's a mitzvah to go out and, and, and uh, even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us everything, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, he stipulates that we should uh, take initiative and we should make effort. That's why I'm doing it. And then I'm never going to think that again until, uh, until I get my, my golden watch when I, uh, when, 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 when I retire. It doesn't even last, the Nefesh HaChaim says it may not even last throughout morning Seder. It doesn't, doesn't last a day in the base Medrash. How can it last that long in Manhattan? So it means that we need to constantly reinforce what we're doing here, why we're here, and, and what what work represents to us and what it doesn't represent to us. If we do that, so then we define the pu'ula, then we define the action that we're involved in, and it will be after that pu'ula that nimshachim halavavas, that our heart will be drawn. Many of us, I think, have, have visited the, the uh, wood olive factory in, in Meir Sha'arim, um, anyone over four foot four should be careful to duck when they enter the uh, when they enter the store, and that's where you get the standards to, to to use when 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 you're learning, and they uh, and for the same price they'll write a posuk, they'll write a mimer on the on the standards. So we all have either shivisi Hashem menegdi samid or kihem chayenu varach yameinu or whatever whatever quote one wants, 
and, and you have it on your center. What's the, what's the thinking? It's, it's there as a reminder. There is a reminder to look and, and to be reminded. Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samad. To be reminded. I shouldn't be wasting time now. I, sh- I should really be learning. So we need such, such, uh, we need such reminders on our desk at work also. On, on our phone, on our desk. We need just constant reminders, constant reinforcement because a person has to be anchored. And if a person's not anchored, so then, so then the same way when a boat, when a ship is not anchored, it goes with the tide. And if the tide is pulling out, it pulls it out. So the same thing is with a person. A person is not anchored, he has to be anchored. And the only way to be anchored is if we're constantly, constantly reinforcing, reinforcing our, 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 our beliefs. similar vein well, one of the things that, that's in the air in, 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 in the workplace is that it's, it's almost understood that everyone's looking for a promotion everyone's vying for a promotion everyone's looking to, to, to climb the, the, the corporate ladder and that, that may be something that, that, uh, that a firm Jew should be looking to do maybe maybe where where one is currently located so maybe the uh, maybe the remuneration isn't isn't adequate and and maybe one does need to to advance and one and and one should be mindful of that but in in the mindset of of, of the workplace that can often become an end unto itself sometimes it's not just because i need the added parnasa I need whatever, whatever raise that's going to give me in salary, but just it becomes an, an end unto itself to, to go higher and higher and higher. So here too, again, we need, again, these are powerful forces because what's in the ear is, is the most potent of all. Again, we just need constant, constant reminders on our desk so we should have, and I mean it literally, I don't mean this facetiously, I mean it very, very literally. On our desk, it should say that the Olam Hazed Dome the Pozdor, and the Olam Haba is the Traklin, and Hasken Atzum Chabi Pozdor, Kedesh Tikanis the Traklin. On my desk, I should have sitting there that this world is the antechamber, and it's, it's a bridge, it's a way of getting to Olam Haba. Now, if, if the promotion is something which is consistent and maybe even advances that. Again, may, maybe, maybe I need the, the, the added salary or maybe it's going to put me in a position to, to do all kinds of chasadim or, or some other reason. Okay, so so be it. But it should be measured by that. It shouldn't just be that I get sucked into the corporate culture and because everyone who around me for whom Olam Haza is the ultimate world it's not a, it's not a, uh, not a waiting station. It's not a bridge. It's the ultimate world. So, 
I have to make sure that I'm not sucked into that culture. And the only way to do that, the only way to do that is with constant reminders. Lunchtime, lunchtime. A person should have a Seder at lunchtime. Again, to try to contextualize and try to define what I'm doing here. I may be doing the same legal work, the same accounting work, the same actuarial work as everyone around me, but it doesn't mean that the context is the same, and therefore it's the context that defines what I'm doing. Well, one of the big questions that one encounters, again, when one goes out into the, into the workplace, is, is how openly and how overt should one's religious identity be? Is it something that, uh, that does one look for, for those chuvas which, which exist? The question is, maybe those chuvas wouldn't be written today, given that, that the, the social realities in America have changed. That's an open question. But there are chuvas which say that a person can take his yamulka off at work. There, there are such chuvas. Uh, Again, one would have to ask a Marahara whether or not those same truths would, would be written today. So there are ways of, well, even with one's yamaka on, there are ways of sort of downplaying and, and, and making as inconspicuous as, uh, as, as, as possible when a person can just be more natural where it's going to be more conspicuous. It's interesting, you get the impression from, from the Rishonim in, in Sanhedrin when the Gemara is talking about uh, the Chiyav of Kiddush Hashem when, when a person has an obligation to, to sacrifice one's life so if it's a time of a Gezer Samalchus in that context where the Gemara talks about uh, the Shulais sounds like that the, the, there was a typical way in which Jews dressed a way which distinguished them from Gentiles. Part of what's accomplished by that is that if I come in from day one, come in from day one, and then I come in, I'm wearing a very noticeable yarmulke, and from day one I make clear that at least three hours before, before Shkia on, on Friday, I absolutely have to leave and from day one, it's clear that at the core, I'm, I'm a person who's committed, a person who aspires to, to be a religious Jew. So then I, I create for myself a counter-pressure. There's all kinds of pressures in the workforce. But the very minute I have outwardly identified as a religious Jew, no one wants to be thought of as a hypocrite. No one wants to be a hypocrite. And no one wants to be thought of as a hypocrite. And that's a very powerful force. As long as my, my identity is sort of understated, so then if I talk the way other people talk at work, if I go to seasonal parties and, and, and participate in those parties, so if my identity has been understated, so then no one, no, it doesn't raise any eyebrows. But if I've identified very openly and outwardly, not in an aggressive way, but just in an honest way, this is who I am. I'm an Orthodox Jew. 
So that, that's why I'm, that's why I'm wearing a, that's why I'm wearing a yarmulke. If I've identified that way, so really Orthodox Jews talk that way, and and what are you doing at this seasonal party? I thought Hanukkah was last week or, uh, or 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 two weeks ago. It creates a counter pressure. Creates a counter pressure. Because then, then already people, once I identify openly, so then people have certain expectations. They may, even if they'll, even if they'll be cynical about them, and even if at times they'll ridicule them, but they also will have certain expectations. And it's very important, again, not in, a, not in an aggressive way, not, not as, as they say nowadays, not, not in your face, but just not to look, to camouflage who we are, what we are. Because the very minute, again, my identity is open, that creates a, a counter-pressure. It creates a counter-pressure that I should, remain, I should remain loyal to my beliefs. And on the other hand, it also undercuts the pressure from the other side. How so? I, I was told that um, people who, speech therapists, who work with people who who have a problem with stuttering. So one of the strategies which they employ is they, they tell the, the person who's, who's struggling with this issue that when you meet someone with whom you're going to you begin learning with a new chavusa, you're a teacher coming into a classroom, you, you come into a workplace, people you're going to be working with, so you should tell them up front, you know, I have this problem with stuttering, and, uh, you know, I, I hope it's not going to happen, but if it does, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll stick with me, you'll bear with me. So, why do you have to do that? Because, otherwise, the person lives with such a fear that they're going to block, and that they're not going to be able to, to produce a certain sound, and that fear, then, is a trigger, and that fear exacerbates the problem. As long as I look to downplay the fact that I'm an Orthodox Jew in the workplace, as long as I look to, to downplay that and, and, and not let it be known that I do some things differently. Yes, I'm collegial and I work hard and I'm industrious and, and, and I'm honest and I have integrity, but there are things that I do differently. There are things where I'm going to be a part. There are things I can't be a part of. There are there, there, there certain modes of speech there's a certain way of speaking that I'm not going to speak. There are certain topics I'm not going to talk about. There are certain activities that I can't be a part of. So the very minute that's known, so then I'm, I don't have to look to constantly, oy vey, if I don't react to this, so they're going to they're figure out. If a person looks to, to downplay, to, 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 to understate his religious identity, so then he creates an added pressure on himself that oh, I may be exposed through this, and how am I going to handle this? And it can easily lead to, to doing things which compromise our principles. Another, another issue which was brought to, to, to my attention is that in, in some corporate settings, in some jobs, there's a, there's a lot of stress placed on teamwork and being a team player. And to facilitate it, there are non, 
business meetings or outings or activities or retreats, which I don't know if they're technically mandatory. I don't know whether uh, whether one can be very open about saying either you show up or else, but... but quasi-mandatory. So it's, it's a bigger topic than can be dealt with or that I'm capable of dealing with. And then obviously it, it needs to be dealt with on a very individualized basis what exactly the, the activity is, what it involves. But I, I would just say that the following... Now, sometimes we, we, we live with a little bit of, of an illusion. And that illusion is that every problem has to have a solution. And it's not true. Some problems don't have good solutions. And, and the only good solution is to try to foresee whether or not this work environment is going to pose that problem and this, is this really the work environment in which I want to place myself to begin with? It's, it's not necessary. Torah, right, the, the, the Rav's 14th Animamen, right? The, the, the Torah can be observed anywhere, anytime. That's true. That means that anywhere, anytime, if I'm careful and I'm prudent, I'll figure out how to keep Torah. It doesn't mean that I can go, uh, it doesn't mean I can put on a blindfold and, and, and walk and then wherever I'll, I'll end up and say, what? It has to be that, uh, that I should be in a situation where there's going to be a solution to every problem. Not every problem is going to have, if it's really expected on the job that I participate in, in these retreats and there's all kinds of inappropriate stuff happening, so in those cases, there isn't, I don't know if there is going to be an adequate solution. And the adequate solution is, is to look ahead and when, when choosing a job, when choosing a, a work environment, to be sensitive to this type of, of issue. Is this something which is an important part of the corporate culture in this company? Is it something which is going to almost inevitably place me in a compromising position? And if that's the case then it can't be that this is the job HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me to take. It can't be that this is the Hishtablus which the Rebbe Shalom is looking for on my half. Just very quickly, one or two last uh, observations. The workplace, by definition, is again a place of Hishtablus. A place where we work, we put in effort, energy, time. And because of that, the danger of slipping into a mindset of kochi v'otsam yodi, of what I'm responsible for, what I accomplish, is a very great one. There is a very, very powerful and, and so, so relevant Gemara in Masechus Nidu. The Gemara says that the Anshe Alexandria asked Rabbi Yeshua and Hananiah 12 questions. Amongst those 12 questions, Mayasa Odom Asher. 
Right? You'd think they would have gone to Warren Buffett with that, but no, they went to Abishur ben, ben Hananya. So they said to Abishur ben Hananya, Mayasa Adam Vyasasha. How do you how do you make your it's not first million anymore. How do you make your first ten million? How do you how do you make how do you make the first ten million? Amalahan different gesels, the Gons gifts or what we have printed, what we have printed is Yarbe you want to get rich, you have to do a lot of business. But be honest. You have to, you have to, you have to be honest about it. So they say to him, He says, a lot of people, they, they do business honestly, and they, they invest a lot of time in business, and they don't get rich. To the one who, to whom all wealth belongs, Shanama, Liya Kasev, Viliya Zav. So says the Gemara, Maika Mashmalan. Toha Beloha Losagi. One without the other doesn't work. One without the other doesn't work. The Hishtablus doesn't work without the Tfila. The Tfila doesn't work without the Hishtablus. Sakharish Baruch stipulates, yeah, it, it, it's Yegiya Kapecha. We, we have to make the Hishtablus. But But without the Tfila, it doesn't do anything. Every day, if when I walk into the office, I say a Tfila. So the Tfila, again, besides hopefully facilitating success, also reminds me that, yes, as commanded, I'm going to do my best. But ultimately, again, it has to be with the Siyata Deshmaya. It has to be with the Siyata Deshmaya. It's not going to be the Kolchi Va'otsam Yodi. And, and, and finally, Chazal tell us that Eina Petrapus Larayas, that when it comes to Arayas, when it comes to promiscuity, so no one is to be trusted. The, the, the phrase which, which they quote from the Yerushalmi is striking. Afilu chassid sheva chassidim. The most devout person. Again, a chassid means someone who goes beyond what's required. Who does everything possible, imaginable, conceivable in his, in his Avodis Hashem, Afilu Chosset Sheva Chasidim, the Yerushalmi says, is Eina Petrapis Larais. It's such a strong Yetzahar. Such a strong Yetzahar. And here too, whatever our self perception may be, we can't think of ourselves as being more than a Chosset Sheva Chasidim. More than that, we have to admit that we're not. And if Chazal say, even there, Eina Petropus Larayas, so it means I, I have to be careful. It means I have to know, again, in terms of, is this a work environment in which I can function? So I, I, I have to know. Again, this example w- w- was suggested to me. Am I going to be called on to work late hours at night? And maybe there's just going to be, uh, maybe I'm going to be alone with... Um, with a female co-worker, two, three, maybe there will be enough that it won't be technically Issa Yichud, maybe, have to check that out. But Eina Petrapis Larais, 
So it's a big, big problem, and it's one again. None of these problems are insoluble, but the point is, the stoma, if a person just goes to work without being on guard, without, without checking to see, is this a work environment where I'm going to, again, involuntarily find myself in this type of situation, so, Rahman al-Atlan, undesirable things can, 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 can result. The challenges and even dangers of the workplace shouldn't, shouldn't prevent us from recognizing there's also tremendous potential for Kiddush Hashem. There are challenges, even dangers, but there's also tremendous potential for Kiddush Hashem. None of this is to say that, 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 that we should be hiding under our beds. That's not, that's not the upshot. There remains, again, a tremendous potential Again, one's yamulka firmly, visibly in place to, to make a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. But to do that, we have to be anchored. And to do that, we have to be very, very conscious and sensitive to the challenges.